We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome into the Roadwire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, December 9th, 2016. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McCune and Ken Kreitz. All aboard! You can find me on Twitter at TrainerDJ. You can find Shannon on Twitter at RotoShannon. And that beautiful whistle you hear in the background is coming from Ken Kreitz. You can find him on Twitter at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, and directly on the Rotowire website to, uh, directly. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. Um, we'd love to have it. Uh, guys, a lot of good games last night. Uh, not compared to a couple weeks ago when we had the Houston versus Warriors game. I don't know about you guys, but having the late night TNT game being Spurs-Bulls was a little bit of a letdown for me. It's not quite the late night West Coast matchup that I that we usually get out of big TNT. Names, big names. Big names. Though. Yeah, big names. Spurs, of course, lose their first game on the road. That's obviously pretty surprising. Shannon, were you surprised that it came at the hands of the Bulls? Not really. The Bulls have been playing a little bit better. I mean, they started off slowly. It's a decent team. They're at full strength last night. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo all on the court together. There's been games where Rondo's suspended, Wade sits. So you actually had all three of them playing last night. Um, the surprising part was Jimmy Butler actually had a lackluster game, and the Bulls still won. Yeah. I, I'm just – I am – flabbergasted that the Bulls are sharing the ball well. I, I really thought by now they'd all be bitching that Rondo's dribbling too much, Wade's dribbling too much, Butler's... You know, like, I really thought by now they'd implode. And I'm, I'm very pleasantly shocked it hasn't happened. I wonder if, if this team like four or five years ago with like Rondo four or five years ago, Wade four or five years ago, 
more of an alpha dog mentality. And then obviously Butler is kind of right in the midst of that. If you would have had perhaps more issues, but I kind of get the sense that Rondo and Wade are more in the appreciation phase of their Mm. career where they, they know what it takes to win and they're going to try really hard to do that. And it's not a very individualistic thing. Like maybe it would have been earlier for them in their careers. That's a positive, nice way to look at it. Are you, Absolutely. Guys, are you guys buying the Bulls as a playoff team this year? Yeah, I think I think you in have the east, to in the East. In the East, sure, sure. So oh, is it? Do I smell a wager? Is there a wager brewing here? <laughs> shorts, shorts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're they're twelve and ten. They're they're tied for this. They're the sixth seed and seventh seed are tied. New York and Chicago both both twelve and ten. I don't know if I'm buying it yet. I I, I think they might sneak in. The question is, will Indiana or Atlanta get hot and, and pass one of the teams at six, seven, eight. Um, I still, I think New York or Chicago falls out and Indiana or, or Atlanta sneaks in. Um, Detroit's in at the eight seed. Of course, I think Detroit's going to make it in. <laughs> well, they um, just, I mean, you're a, Pist- ja- you're a Pistons fan, but to your credit, Reggie Jackson just came back and they were able yeah. to, you know, kind of hold the ship afloat while he right. was, while he was gone. Um, I can, you know, we, Nick and I brought on a lot of, uh, national beat writers around and we asked them, we, and we still continue to ask them who's the most overrated team and the underrated team. Almost every single answer for overrated team. It was split bulls. between Knicks and bulls. <laughs> and they said, I, I want to say Knicks and bulls, Knicks and bulls, please let me say Knicks and bulls are going to be overrated. But really yeah. in this East, they do have a lot of veterans that, you know, know what it takes to get to the playoffs. Why can't they be a solid five, six, seven seed in this Eastern conference? Yeah, I mean, look how, you know, the Bucks are sitting fifth right now, and uh, we know they've got issues. Uh, uh, Hornets are one Kimba Walker injury away from probably uh, also seriously struggling. Uh, I think the Knicks are more overrated than the Bulls, but I, I agree with both those assessments. I do think the Pistons are a lock in the East um, to make the playoffs, just to make the playoffs. Yeah, to make the playoffs. They came on. Well, Shannon, let me ask you. They came on really strong at the end of last year, and I feel like it's been a letdown even without Reggie Jackson a little bit. Like I, I feel like last yeah. year's kind of end of the season is really out the window. Like a, a little bit of that momentum obviously was taken taken away with Jackson, but is that something you think they can regain and build on and get better than they were at the end of last year? Yes, I do, and I, I think they will. I mean, Jackson Jackson's usage rate with that team last year was through the roof. Um, yeah. It's going to be as all year. the starters. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be this way as uh, you know, this year, same thing. Um, the fact that they were able to stay afloat and hover around 500 while he was gone for what essentially was a quarter of the season. I think yeah. that, that's gigantic for them. And, and I do think they're, you know, before the season started, before Jackson's injury, I probably had them challenging 50 wins. I don't believe they're going to challenge 50 wins anymore, but will they match last year's total, which I, believe was just 43 44 wins something in that range mm-hmm. um yeah i think they'll surpass that still hit 45 wins and then easily make the playoffs the the east is is it's interesting because you've got cleveland toronto and boston i think those three teams are a lock for the playoffs for obviously cleveland is but cleveland toronto boston those are the three teams i would say they're good teams they're they're gonna give anyone a fight um but beyond that like like ken alluded to a kemba walker injury and charlotte drops off the face of the earth um, Milwaukee is still unproven. Um, they're looking damn good. And, and I, I would be surprised if they fall from that five or six spot. Um, but New York, Chicago, Indiana, Atlanta, they're all kind of bogged together and who knows what will happen. Um, as, as for the overrated statement, I have to go with Chicago is more overrated than New York. And picking picking Chicago or stating I mean, which team, which team core would you rather have? Because I, I don't think either has much on the outskirts, but you're telling me you'd rather have Rondo, Wade, and Butler over Carmelo, Porzingis, and Derrick Rose? Well, really, how many games is Rose going to play this year? I, I was about to say. He's looked really he's good. He's looked very good. We have to give him credit. No, he's, but... he's, looked, he's looked good. My point isn't how well or poorly is he playing. I'm saying when does the inevitable injury occur? You know, and uh, now you can say the same about Wade. Though Wade's dings always, you know, cost him a few games, not a few months, like Rose. I, I just don't know how. I I can't believe Rose is going to take the pounding. I mean, I'm I'm when you guys were talking about the pros and cons of these teams, and I and back to my statement about the Pistons being a lock. I'm looking at what squad's most likely to have a big injury, and actually, the Nick you could put the Knicks and the Bulls there. 
And the reason I said I think the Pistons are a lock is they've got the youngest rotation. They're, to me, the least likely guys to have a key injury because they're so young um, and in good shape because of the high usage rates. Um, but, you, you know, frankly, I think both the Knicks and Bulls uh, both likely to have a brutal injury that does hurt uh, hurt them down. But, again, uh, picking injury is a bit of a crapshoot. Right. And and Pistons also have the best coach of the bunch. Um, so so I'm with you. I think they're a lock. Um, with the with Derrick Rose, I've actually I liked a lot of the comments he's had lately talking about how he's not the same player he used to be and he'll never be that player, uh, how he's really slowed down the way he, he plays the game um, and how he wish he would have played – you know, four or five years ago, wish he played the way he does now back then because he thinks he would have been a better player overall and would have been able to stay healthy. Um, it's actually really encouraging if you are a D- Derek Rose owner in fantasy because it, so- it sounds like he's making a conscious effort to play a different way to stay healthy. Yeah, I, I too like what's coming out of out of New York and what Derek Rose is saying. You, you don't want to be stuck on the past, and obviously, as, as players age and they get older, you, you're hoping that they can reinvent themselves. You know, it's something that a lot of players have done. Paul Pierce, for example, um, somewhat reinventing himself. Um, oh, good point. You know, so speaking of point guards, some other point guards in the news. Uh, my Celtics, unfortunately, look like they're going to miss Isaiah Thomas for a second game tonight uh, at home against the Raptors. DJ, as you pointed out, that probably means a slight bump for Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. Um, guys, I'll throw out there. I actually think long term, this is good for the Celtics because they still need to integrate Al Horford into the system. With Horford's earlier injury, he hasn't had as many games with the Celtics as they'd like. Uh, they sure look good without Thomas against a really bad Orlando Magic team. But I think actually long term, this is good for the Celtics. Not quite sure what it means for fantasy unless, obviously, if you own Thomas, bad news. Well, it doesn't sound like the injury is long-term for Thomas, um, right. so, so that would be good. Boston's performance against Orlando without Thomas uh, earlier this week was fantastic. I mean, they won by 30 points. Um, the, the huge blowout win also kind of makes it hard to read the situation going forward, who's going to perform well, who kind of steps up. I still personally think it's Marcus Smart. Um, he only played – he started. He started at point guard for the team. He only played 23 minutes, though. I mean, he did good. Shot five for seven, three rebounds, three assists, a couple steals. They didn't Fantasy, need him. Yeah, they don't need They, they didn't, didn't need him make, on the court that game. No, I, I and think, I'll say what, what I think the fantasy implications are for Daly is I'm not a big Kyle Lowry fan tonight anyway with all those awesome defensive guards for – um, the Celtics starting Bradley, Smart, and Rozier all play great D. Yep. And so, I, uh, you know, Thomas is the defensive liability in that backcourt. He's not playing, so I'm shying away from Lowry and DeRozan tonight in DFS. And Kyle, Toronto also played last night, so they're on the okay. second end of a back-to-back. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm avoiding Toronto Raptors against Boston tonight. Um, in Boston. But... You know, Marcus Smart, if I'm picking some guy, Marcus Smart's one of my favorite discount picks for tonight, even though T- Terry Rogier had the better game earlier this yeah. week. I think it's Marcus Smart who holds more value going forward. Smart's more the lock to get minutes. I mean, Smart's actually hovered around, even though he's come, coming off the bench most nights, he's almost at uh, 30 minutes a game because they're playing him at small forward, too. Uh, where Rozier, he's just a little more of a wild card as far as how much run he's going to get. Yeah, what's interesting with this Boston team, you know, we, we've dealt with absences in the front court before, both this season and last season, and really it seemed like not one guy absorbed the blow too much. You know, there is a case to be made for Amir Johnson doing it somewhat earlier in the year, but for the most part, they ab- they absorbed the blow as a team, and we saw yeah, that with deep the squad. last. Yeah, their deep squad. We saw that last time out when uh, when Thomas missed, where there wasn't necessarily one guy that really stepped up. Rozier was the one that saw the noticeable bump in minutes, but he didn't necessarily see it from a fantasy perspective. I think when a player sits for this Boston team, it is really hard. Channon does like Marcus Smart, and there's obvious reason why. But this is, seems to be a team that ab- absorbs the blow collectively in terms of the workload, in terms of production. Uh, let's keep it moving, though, guys. Denver Nuggets. They played last night. A lot going on here. We have a few different players to touch on. Let's first start with Emmanuel Moutier. He sat out. 
Somewhat Shannon's unexpected. boy. Yeah, Shannon's boy, even though he's trying to unload him in SKBL. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Moutier with an ankle injury. It was somewhat unexpected. Didn't really know of the injury, but he ended up sitting. Jameer Nelson's start. He played 36 minutes, played pretty well. He was a nice late addition for DFS. Um, let's start there. Did you end up inserting Jameer Nelson into your lineups last night, Shannon? I did not. I, I really... He was very interesting play um, and was definitely a good option. There were just a lot of cheap options last night. And I ended up going John Wall at one of my point guard spots, which which meant I didn't have room for, for Nelson because I went Tim Frazier, who was also starting um, for, for injury replacement for, for Drew Holiday. Um, Frazier didn't have that good of a game, only 20 fantasy points. So I made the mistake there. I should have went Jameer Nelson. He was solid last night. He's been solid for the past few games. Yeah, he he really has been. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and touch on doesn't Drew Holiday. He, he sat out with a toe doesn't injury. Nelson, doesn't Nelson seem older than thirty four? I, I I could have swore he was like thirty six, thirty seven, like Jamal Crawford type age. Those days at St. Joe's seem like a long time ago. <laughs> right, right, so yeah, right. I'd have to agree with you. I mean, he was an integral part of Dwight Howard and the Magic getting getting deep. Well, and 34, yeah. 34 for an NBA point guard, especially a vastly undersized point guard, right. um, is ancient. <laughs> right. That's ancient. Happy to get in the, getting those checks. <laughs> so Jameer Nelson, not a terrible start if Moutier continues to sit. Like I said, that, that ankle issue really popped up before the game. It was not expected. So we'll, we'll play that by ear. Feel free to check Rotowire News uh, for updates on that leading into their next game. Uh, more long-term stuff here. Gary Harris, who is the projected starter at shooting guard for this team. He just is, regardless of if they have Barton, Gallinari, uh, you know, got, uh, young, rookie, young rookies in Jamal, uh, Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, doesn't matter. Gary Harris is the projected starter. He may return in a week or so, according to Coach Mike Malone. Will Barton is a guy that has lots of value. Is he the guy, though, that you're going to say, you know, watch out when Harris is back, Barton's the guy that's going to have a knock in playing time, or would it be somebody like a Jamal Murray who's really come on strong of late, Shannon, um, in the absence of Gary Harris? In the short term, I think it's going to be Jamal Murray. Um, you know, Barton might move back yep. to the bench after a couple of games and, and Harris, once Harris gets his feet back under him. But I think it's, I think in the short term, it's Jamal Murray. This is a really tough team to, to gauge moving forward. I mean, we've talked Make about a trade, yeah, Make a trade Denver. We've talked about their depth and, and it's ridiculous. Kenneth Reed, um, did, did Fareed even see the floor last uh, night? Kenneth DNP. Fareed, yeah. DNP coach's decision. Uh, the word on that after the game, Mike Malone, of course said by no means is Kenneth Fareed out of the rotation or not going to play for us. He's a valuable part of our team, but tonight was one of those games where we went with the guys we went with. Don't like that language. And if we call upon Kenneth Fareed against Orlando, we'll need him to be ready. I don't like that language whatsoever. He was benched in the game against Brooklyn before. He was a starter. Not only is he not starting now, he's a DNP CD. And a can, major I, can, can I attempt? Can, can I attempt to re, uh, rephrase that or interpret what he because re, what he really wants to say, but he can't is, uh, I know management is saying I have to showcase Fareed so I can make a deal, but damn it, I'm the coach and I need to win. <laughs> That's what he really wants to say, but he can't. You know, we uh, Nick and I brought on Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com earlier in the week, and they've been trying to showcase Jordan McRae. And it makes sense. You have to showcase a guy like Jordan McRae because nobody knows what he can do. Everybody in the league knows what Kenneth Fareed can do. I don't think we're at a showcase phase for Fareed anymore. Everybody knows I think it's what he so, is. You have to prove Fareed's motivated, though. Well, Fareed issues seem to be motivational, and they need to show that he, I don't know, he's engaged. If yeah, exactly. If if he's not on the floor, your trade part, potential trade partners will assume there's something wrong with him. He's a step slower than he used to be in the past. Whatever it may be, I, I think it does. He a tr- for trade partners. If if the player's actually out there contributing, he's going to have more value than if he's not. But I mean, this is just Denver's depth. We've talked about their front court logjam forever. With Will Barton healthy now, uh, Jamal Murray playing well when he gets the opportunity. Gary Harris is returning to health. Jameer Nelson is showing signs of life. Um, Moutier, he's dealing with a little injury right now, but he's going to be healthy before too long. We're going to have the same scenario in their backcourt as we do in their frontcourt. And game to game, it's going to be tough to make decisions. I mean, you're going to be flipping a coin, basically. Now, long-term, season-long leagues, 
I'm going with the proven guys who have produced. Um, and it depends. It depends on your league size. If you're in a 10 team league, yeah, you keep Will Barton, you know, but will you maybe cut, would you cut a guy like Jamal Murray loose? Yeah, you probably already have. Um, it's tough. Would you cut Emmanuel Moutier loose? Because even before his injury, he he was starting to dip. And Jameer Nelson's been solid for a couple weeks. It, it's a tough call, but 10-team, 12-team leagues, if it's shallow enough, I'm cutting almost anyone on Denver outside of Gallinari and, and Wilson Chandler. Um, it just really depends on who's available in your league. Certainly one of the more interesting situations around the league. We'll continue to monitor that. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Murray started alongside, you know, pick your shooting guard because they have looked at him being potentially playing some point guard minutes if Moutier continues to struggle. We'll see if that happens or not. Obviously, we're all hoping that they're going to be a major player come trade deadline time. Uh, let's keep it moving, guys. Drew Holiday toe missed his second straight game Thursday. Shannon, you already mentioned that Tim Frazier started in his place. Didn't do that great of a job. Tim Frazier will likely continue to start in the absence of Drew Holiday. Nerlens Noel, with his knee issue, may be cleared for Sunday against the Pistons. What can we expect for him? I'm going to spoil it here and say not much. I think he's actually been healthy for the last couple of weeks. And I really just don't even care to bring him back, really. How do you squeeze him him and Okafor in? And and, and Darko. Well, I think the the obvious answer there is they've been playing Ursan Ilyasova 35 minutes a game over the last four games. And so obviously you would say he'd go there. But I I think there's just not much reason. Again, you know what Nerlens Noel is. I guess you need to showcase him to make sure that he's okay off the knee injury. But it's just a weird, weird situation where they don't really feel like they need to bring him back because he might not be a member of the team by the end of the season. But you've got to you've got to at least be able to bluff that he's a valuable member of your squad when you're making trade demands to give Noel up. And if you're only giving him ten minutes a game or less, you can't make that case. And uh, I, you know they need Ilyasova's outside shooting, but they, I don't really think they care about winning this year either. So you showcase Noel to you deal. Which yeah, whichever player for Noel that they decide they want to part ways with, I think they'll find a way to showcase them. We've already seen this team manage the minutes of their players, uh, the back-to-back games and, and such with Embiid and Okafor. We're going to continue to see that. They're going to do the same with Noel. Um, Ilya Sova's getting lots of run right now. I don't think that's long-term. He's worth owning in most leagues right now. Um, yeah. But you don't you wouldn't view him as a long-term piece who's going to be helping you out come February or March. At least I wouldn't personally. Um Noel's tough. I don't think he's going to make a huge fancy impact because his minutes are going to be inconsistent. I think they'll they'll be cautious with him. They will pull. You know, maybe he'll sit the second half of back to backs too. Um, certainly mm-hmm. possible. Um, you know, outside of Ilyasova, Sarch is starting to play in really. He's yeah. playing well now too. So they've got a lot of minutes. Um, when's when when does Ben Simmons return? So the initial timetable puts him at a mid-January return. There's a little bit of rumbling about what to expect when he comes back. Again, this is a team that's been... Why rush it, though? Why I, rush I agree. I agree. I totally agree. So we'll see. That's that's going to be a long, drawn-out situation that's not going to be fun. But, of course, we're going to cover every bit of it here at Rotowire. so stay tuned for yeah. that. There was a recent comment from the coach, though, that basically confirmed once Simmons returns, he's the point guard. Right. Um, so I mean, is he the point guard? Meaning he, the ball will be in his hands, like even though Giannis, we're still going to put him in for Covington. Yeah, yeah it'll be it'll yeah, be identical exactly. to the Giannis situation. Um, so know, Bayless, Bayless would presume, assuming Bayless is healthy by then, he'd still start technically at point, and Henderson at shooting guard, and you'd sit Covington. And Simmons would still have the ball in his hand all the time. You know what? I think they'll just rotate that lineup and just fidget with things. Um, I think that's a good first start, Ken, what you said. I think the immediate play would potentially to move Covington to the bench because he's been pretty terrible. And you know that somebody like Bayless could basically fill in at a shooting guard role uh, for yeah. Covington. So, But I think they'll just tinker with it all season. I, I don't think there'll be a like a prevalent starting five for them because there hasn't been over the last, what, five or six years? <laughs> yeah. Uh, last bit of breaking news here before we move on to a new segment. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, with his knee issue, returned to practice Thursday. The Lakers play today, this Friday, against the Suns. If he plays Shannon against the Suns, who have been one of the worst defensive teams in the league so far, do you like him coming off of this injury and this little bit of an absence that he's had so far? I mean, the matchup's great, but and, and unfortunately, I'm passing on it. I just... 
one, I'm I'm skeptical he'll actually return. Uh, I think they're going to want him to get a little bit more time in before returning to game action. Uh, and two, if he does return, it's not going to be a full workload. I could see him being limited 20 or 25 minutes, especially since he just returned to practice. He hasn't been working back towards towards a game return for the past week. I mean, this is literally 24 hours ago he practiced. I I just can't see him having a huge impact on Friday. I need I need a game or two to see him after the return before I start plugging him in my lineups, my DFS lineups. Season long, just put him in there. Let him loose. I'm very surprised. I didn't, I didn't realize that he's missed 10 games already. That seemed like it snuck up on me. So he's he's missed 10 games, 11 of the last 12 games. So obviously, if you have him, you're eagerly anticipating the return. But like Shannon said, temper expectations for those first few games back, regardless of if it's today or, or moving forward for them. I, I worry a little with the Lakers that you know, early on, they were, they were, oh my gosh, we have a shot at the playoffs. I worry about them rushing Russell when they really shouldn't be thinking about this season. This is a very young team that needs to be looking more on the deeper horizon. Yeah, and now they've fallen out of the A seed in the playoffs. They're 10-14, and 14, coming back down to reality. Uh, you, yeah, that's a good point, Ken. You do wonder if they feel the pressure and if that pressure is even warranted. All right, let's get into a new segment here on the show. I have a feeling it's going to be a staple moving forward, so hopefully you listeners out there enjoy it. It is called Ken's Rant Light Question of the Week. Ken, take it away. Why can't the T-Wolves win? The Timberwolves are 6-16. and 16. In my day, if you had two Rookie of the Year uh, winners in your starting lineup, you were a good team. They have who we all agree is a great coach in Tom Thibodeau. Their point differential is pretty even. They ought to be around 500. Is it that the kids can't close? What is wrong with the Timberwolves? The answer is youth. Um, you'd mentioned their point differential. It's it's two points, negative two points. There are most teams that have their record are hovering between the negative negative five to seven point range. Um, a team a team like Atlanta, for instance, uh, has the exact same point differential, and they're eleven and twelve. Um, so, I think it's youth and a little bit of it's a little bit of a fluke. Uh, but essentially, they they can't win the close games right now. Um, with experience, with coaching, I think that'll come. Um, we'll just have to see. I mean, it's it's not because they're bad on the offensive end of the court. They've been great on offense. Their defense has been really bad. So you have to you have to expect Thibodeau will get that corrected. Um, he's maybe just take it's taking them a little bit longer because of the youth of the team. They've had a rough schedule. Uh, Golden State. Uh, Spurs, but they lost at Brooklyn. Um, they lost. They got swept home and away by the Knicks. You got to win that at home at least. Um, Pelicans lost at New Orleans. Right. I just wincing. I'm just wincing. Yeah. So I mean, this has been my soapbox all preseason long, all regular season long. This team only won 29 games last year, right? I don't care. And the personnel is basically the same coming in this year. I don't care who you bring in. You can bring in a whole all-star uh, cast of coaches. It takes time transitioning into a new coaching staff. Obviously, Tibbs is one of the five best coaches in the leagues. He is. Um, but you have a group of young guys who are still trying to figure out how to play together. And by the way, now they're trying to figure out how to play together under a new regime. It just wasn't going to happen. Even if this team played 15 games better than they did last year that still wouldn't necessarily put them in the playoff race and 15 game improvement is a lot especially when you don't actually have roster turnover we're not adding a Dwayne Wade we're not adding a LeBron James here we have the same cast of characters it was unrealistic expectations to think that they would even get to maybe 42 wins and be 500 it's just not how fast things move in the NBA it just doesn't happen that quickly now the trajectory is still just as good as it was this preseason right in a couple of seasons they could easily be contending for a title they could be contending um and kind of as the warriors start to fall or dip a little bit when some guys start to leave because they will eventually maybe the timberwolves will rise to prominence that's still there that's still attainable but it's too we were we were too quick to assume that this change would just snap your fingers happens overnight it doesn't happen in professional sports like that may i suggest nba May I suggest that it's time to bench or deal Rubio? I know there's all these wonderful advanced metrics that say he creates and helps everyone else, but 
career 37% shooter. He's shooting 34% this year. Assists are actually down this year at only six and a half. Do you just admit he's he's a bigger hype machine than he is an actual leading point guard in this league? And certainly Levine, I know I'm not sure who you give minutes to on the roster, but is Rubio the problem? Rubio is part of the problem. I mean, who would get minutes is Chris Dunn. It, there's very real, very real possibility that they trade Rubio at some point and hand the keys off to Chris Dunn to be the point guard of the future. Um, I think who doesn't team, shoot much better than Rubio, unfortunately. No, but he's, a but rookie, he's also so he's only got, got 20 games under his belt. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm willing to uh, reserve judgment there for a while. Um, we we know Rubio can't shoot. We've watched it for the past six years or so. Um, <laughs> right. You know, with to I, me, I'm, when your co- when your point guard can't shoot, that means the whole defense is sagging on the other four, and it, it's just a slow start to every offensive possession. It depends. It depends. I mean, Giannis can't shoot, and he's just such 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 an elite playmaker and able to get to the rim at will. Or even like Russell Westbrook's not that great of a shooter. Um, yeah. He could just he, Westbrook he, and Giannis though get to the rim, like yes, you said. You still yeah, have exactly. to be. Chris Dunn's actually really good at that too. He's extremely fast. Uh, he can get to the rim well. He doesn't have explosive dunks like Westbrook, but but he can blow by people um, with ease. So I, I actually have high hopes for Chris Dunn in the future. It, it's him, uh, you know. Maybe maybe they. I'm not. I'm not a big believer in Gorky Jang being a long term viable option for that team. I think they could get a veteran presence there who would help on the defensive end. Um, J- Jane can block shot or block shots, steal some balls, but I think he misses a lot of assignments and and is part of the problem on the de- on the defensive end of the court. So there are improvements the team can make, and I think they will. Um, I won't be surprised if they start playing 500 ball soon and are a winning team by the second half of this year. Um, but we'll see. It's coaching and it's experience. Everybody's on this, you know, Chris Dunn bandwagon. I understand he was drafted pretty high. Um, but if I were to ask you guys, who's younger, Chris Dunn or Tyus Jones, what would your immediate answers be? You'd want to say Jones, but you're obviously asking the question because Dunn played four years in college. Right, yeah. So Tyus Jones is two years younger than Chris Dunn, and yet we still think that Dunn is the future when Tyus Jones actually has more mm-hmm. NBA experience. He's able to give you more reliable minutes at this point in their careers right now. So that's an interesting wrinkle, wrinkle that people don't often talk about that I'm not so sold on Chris Dunn because if Chris Dunn's not going to make it, we've got a younger guy who's got more NBA experience right here that could play more minutes or at least do a timeshare moving forward over the course of the next few years, Shannon. You're kind of snickering, but, uh, I mean, he's he's a younger guy with more NBA experience. He's also three inches shorter and not near the athlete that Chris Dunn is. So I think it's, a, I think it's an absurd – it's an absurd idea. Like, could Tyus Jones be a decent rotational piece in the NBA? Sure. He doesn't have near the upside of Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is in the mold of that that new, bigger – stronger, faster NBA point guard that you've seen. The John, you know, the John Walls, the Russell Westbrooks. He's big 6'4", uber-athletic guard. He's 22. He's got tons of upside. I mean, this, this, he has the upside to be a perennial all-star. Find me one, one prospect hound or anyone who would say that about Tyus Jones. Oh, I think you guys are both right in that Dunn should start, but Jones is shouldn't be overlooked as a possible off the guard off the bench contributor really just speaking more to the fact that they can deal rubio and they have talent at point guard yeah we'll see not a lot of talk about jones and i'm willing to admit it's it's a little crazy idea but i don't think people assume that he's two years younger and has more nba experience i mean that doesn't often come up in the talk when you're talking about chris dunn uh ken i like that segment i'm looking I, I, i made a bad error there though that's supposed to be my crazy old man rant uh-huh. where I'm stirring the pot, and then I brought you two together in some sort of loving, <laughs> you're both right answer. So uh, I apologize. Future segments, will future Ken's crazy old man rant-like question of the week segments, I will be more combative. The crazy old man part's implied every time you speak, Ken. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I in my qu- day, when you had a cold, you put an onion on your belt. All right. There's no easy way to seg- uh, segue out of that, so I'll just ask the question. Do you enjoy playing fan- daily fantasy sports but struggle to find the time to research players and track news, especially on mobile devices? Well, in yeah. that case, 
Yeah, in that case, download Blitzpick, your DFS command center. Blitzpick is a state-of-the-art mobile companion for FanDuel and DraftKings users featuring a lineup optimizer, player news, injury alerts, historical stats, and much more. Their proven lineup optimizer incorporates advanced analytics and game theory to keep you a step ahead of the competition. Blitzpick's news comes directly from us here at Rotowire, ensuring you never miss a story. Get injury alerts pushed directly to your phone as soon as the news breaks. Blitzpick even recommends the best replacements. Check out their value plays section for the right players to build your lineups around. Pick a few and then let Blitzpick Optimizer do the rest or fill in your lineup manually relying on their accurate projections. Blitzpick is available in the iPhone and Google Play stores. Moving on, gentlemen, favorite under the radar guy. We won't spend much time on this because I want to spend a healthy amount of time on FanDuel DFS uh, this Friday. Uh, But Ken, who's your favorite under the radar guy now that we're about a quarter of the way through the season? You guys went with some longer term ones, but I'd say for this year, I like Mo Harkless. You know, he's getting the third amount of field goal attempts and points in Portland. Everyone's so focused on their backcourt. But Harkless is a definite starter. Uh, Turner coming off the bench. Now, as I typed that Wednesday evening, he hurt his ankle in the last 30 seconds of Wednesday the game and actually missed missed a game. But uh, uh, Mo Harkless, he's one of those guys, kind of like a young Rudy Gay, where he could get you uh, one three-pointer, one steal, and one block each game. So kind of filling the box score nicely, uh, regardless of what your squad needs might be. I'm going to go with uh, Otto Porter, Trevor Reza. And, and you hear me talk about these guys often. These are my favorite type of players. Players that, uh, you know, in some leagues they have shooting guard eligibility, um, but really they play small forward. They get you threes. They get you steals while also getting you, getting you a good amount of rebounds. And so Otto Porter, for me, he's averaging 14.1 points per game on a Washington team that's usually, you know, when people think of Washington, they think of John Wall, Bradley Beal, somewhat overshadowed, but he's only 20 three years old a good glue guy who really helps you out across the board shooting 53 percent from the field almost 54 percent i like him as an under radar guy just not like a household name but in terms of fantasy we're talking like top 30 fantasy guys so far this year um obviously his ability to stay healthy helps with that trevor ariza we were talking about him before the pod here shannon uh he stays healthy you know he's definitely an afterthought on a houston rockets team that has james harden that even has you know ryan anderson might get more love than trevor ariza does but trevor ariza right now um not not in terms of averages but in terms of total accrued stats he's a top 20 fantasy player this year i I would say that's an under the radar type of guy Otto Porter drafted Otto Porter drafted to replace Trevor Ariza on that Washington team. By the right, way. and ba- based on funny thing on Courtney Yahoo, based on season averages, Trevor Ariza preseason ranking forty two, uh, current season average ranking forty one. Um, he's season the, average, right, right, yeah, right, season yeah. average. But that's it's what you base a lot of your decisions on. And sure. and and it, when you look at his stats, they're kind of underwhelming. I've compared him to Shane Battier during Shane Battier's prime. I've compared him to to those two players before. Because, you know, he doesn't score a lot of points, doesn't grab a lot of rebounds, but he doesn't turn the ball over. He's getting you a little bit of everything, lots of steals and good number of threes. So he just, he holds consistent value. Um, My under the radar guy is Jamichael Green. We've we've spoke about Green before. He was one of my preseason sleepers. Uh, Over the past week, he's been a top Mm -hmm. 80 fantasy player. Uh, 18 boards last night. 18 boards, career high. Uh, He's averaging 10 points, 14 rebounds, one steal, one block. He can also hit a three occasionally. Um, Over the past week, he's playing 36 minutes per game. Um, How did I beat you? How did I beat you to Jamichael Green in the free agent pickup when someone cut him in the Rotowire Keeper League? I was shocked to get him on the cheap. No, you're because there. I didn't look for him because there's no way in hell he should have been dropped. Uh, I'm like a cat. I'm like a cat that pounced. I, when I saw he was dropped, I just couldn't. I could, or I saw you pick him up. I couldn't believe he was available. Um, whoever I put dropped, my bid in, I put my bid in immediately after he got dropped. You know when the email went out yeah. and said uh, picking up this guy and dropping Jermichael Green. I was like, oh, bid. And then I just thought, well, I, I won't bid out Shannon for it. That's, and I was surprised. That's my fault for not paying close enough attention to those emails. Whoever dropped your Michael Green should be cut from our league. Um, I, <laughs> I firmly believe that. I don't think they have any clue what they're doing. Um, they are a fool. So Adam 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 Wolf also uh, bemoaning the fact that he didn't move to get Green. He was shocked. He sent me a little, little yeah, text. Saying, it's, what the heck? He was out there. I didn't know that. 
befuddled. I can't believe someone is that moronic to drop a player in, in a deep league like that. Drop a top hundred or top twenty, top one hundred and twenty player. Um, Jamichael Green should be noted um, is only owned in forty seven percent of Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a twelve team Yahoo league, you've got a big man who's underperforming. He's an option to pick up for you, um, even after you know much of his pr- recent production was due to Zach Randolph being out. Randolph has returned. He's been back the past couple games, and Green continues to perform well, continues to play 35 minutes a game. He's the starter for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's starting power forward, and he's not going away. So pick him up. He's worth it. Do you guys want to know who dropped Jermichael Green? or shut it? I, I should say this guy's ma- major sport is actually baseball, but he is leading the league right now by, by a wide margin. Jan. Jan. Yeah. Jan. He, oh, he, dropped, he dropped him. He's so loaded. He, James Johnson for $10. On November twenty one, I don't so like that. That was like kind of a mitts green doing pretty solidly. We can catch him. We can catch him. He's making bad moves. Yes, yes. He's too greedy on the trades. We, we were all able to make deals because he was getting too greedy. What a fool! Only a quarter way through the season. Those roto leagues, you got to be careful because you can get arrogant yeah. real quick. I've done that in the yeah. past before yeah. too. Yeah, and yeah. you, you real it's it's one out of four, baby, and that, you know things can change really quickly. So don't if you're out there right now and you got a comfortable lead, you still need to be striving towards making an improvements on your team because again, it's just one segment out of four. They all count the exact same. So be careful out there in roto leagues. All right, guys, uh, DFS Friday FanDuel. Couple picks from Shannon, couple picks from K Train, couple picks from me. We'll kick it off with Shannon. Tyler Johnson out in Miami. This is somebody I've liked pretty well. I traded him in the Staff Keeper League. Somebody who's coming off the bench behind Goran Dragic, but in terms of fantasy, uh, he's done pretty nicely. Yeah, and the big thing about Johnson and why I like him so much on Friday is because the Heat are decimated by injuries right now. Oh, yeah. It looks like. I mean, they've been running like eight man, nine man rotations because they don't have anything deeper than that. And, and the even, Richardson's out, Waiters I mean, is out. Yeah, they're tough. Kinslow's out. Exactly. Babbitt's, everyone. When, when you're like concerned that Luke Babbitt's hurt, you've got injury problems. Yeah, everyone on that team is hurt. James Johnson hurt. There you go. So, I mean, the past three games, Johnson is uh, Tyler Johnson has averaged 35 minutes per game. He's coming off a 41 point fantasy outing. He's only 5,500. There are other good discounted options um, at the at the point guard position. Marcus Smart's one we talked about earlier. So, if you're not high on Johnson, you know you don't have to go with him. But he's got 40 point upside, and he's under six thousand dollars. I love him tonight. Well, quick question. Their injuries are so bad, they're like, oh my gosh, we've got a Rodney Magruder injury. And they're like, you know, they're legitimately concerned about it. Their, back, their backups' backups are hurt. <laughs> quick question, uh, a quick retort to play devil's advocate. Why don't you just go with Goran Dragic? He's only $7,300. We know he's going to be seeing more minutes than Tyler Johnson, and he's a better scorer, better producer. Uh, why not just go with, you know, like the bell cow of the actual lineup instead of Johnson? Or maybe would you consider working them in tandem? But well, you could actually play them together because they're sharing the floor. Actually, Johnson's only averaged like two less minutes per game than Drogic over the past three games. Uh, in their last game against Atlanta, they both played 35 minutes, and and Johnson's the one who had more fantasy points. He had 10 more fantasy points than Drogic. Drogic's a great play right now. They're sharing the court. They're getting tons of run together. The Heat don't have anyone else to score. They have Drogic, Johnson, and, and Hassan Whiteside. That's it. There's no one else scoring for that team right now. So any of those three players are great plays tonight. I'm just I'm going with Russell Westbrook. So I only have one point guard spot open. And Tyler Tyler Johnson or Marcus Smart's getting it. And I'm leaning towards Tyler Johnson right now. But DJ, you know, your uh that suggestion is making me question my pick. Oh, I yeah. was ex- Go ahead. I was excited about Kemba Walker. Uh, at 8,400 versus Orlando because they're just so disgusted by the entire magic effort and that DJ Augustine, uh, Alfred Payton point guard mess that uh, Walker, who's been on fire, I thought, oh, great, he's going to keep moving. But you're right, Gorge is so much cheaper. Maybe that's the way to – maybe I'm wrong. I, you got me doubting myself. I need to look in the mirror. <laughs> I like I like Drogic slightly more than uh... – Walker tonight, Kemba Walker. Um, but the matchup against Orlando is good, Ken. I, I don't disagree with you targeting that. I mean, just to see what John Wall did to to the Orlando Magic earlier this week, Alfred Payton was miserable on the defensive end against Wall. He couldn't do anything to contain him. So I, I expect Drogic to have a big, or Drogic and Kemba Walker both have big nights. I just give Drogic the slight edge because he's cheaper. 
So yeah. I think the tonight's slate might be the best slate of point guards that we've seen all season compared to how many games there are this year. I have four guys I'd like to quickly touch on, and each of you guys have one. I'll let you guys start, but I got to say, this is easily the hardest uh, decisions I've ever had to make um, for shooting guard this season. Shannon, we'll start with you, and it looks like Victor Oladipo is somebody that you're going to target in an admittedly stacked shooting guard slate tonight. Yeah, and our reasoning for this is the same. Uh, Oladipo, he's 6,500, but the last time he played the Rockets... I highlighted him on the podcast. Uh, we talked about it. I think Ken ripped me a little bit because the show before, <laughs> I was probably talking about how horrible Oladipo had been this year. But he was playing the Rockets, so I said, you got to target him against the Rockets. It's the same case tonight. I mean, Oladipo had his best game of the season by far against the Rockets. Uh, that was about three weeks ago. He went for 29 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 49.5 fantasy points at 6,500. If he gets you 40 fantasy points, your money. That's great. Ken, you've got a guy that I've been using all season long, and I think this might be the first time that I'm actually going to forgo Avery Bradley, and it, it hurts me <laughs> quite a bit, but I still think he's a good play tonight too. Well, you're right. It's Things are stacked at shooting guard, but with Brad, you know, it's because uh, Isaiah Thomas is still out. So uh, they're going to need some scoring from Bradley, uh, which he's happy to provide. Uh, he and Al Horford are developing a nice chemistry. Uh, I, I also like Horford at center tonight. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I think a shooting guard, I want to avoid DeRozan with those Celtic guards guarding him, but it is a bit of a, you know, we always complain last year. We complained all year about how weak shooting guard, um, but, uh, you know, it's a totally different year. Guys like Zach Levine blowing it up. I, Oladipo is turning the corner. I'm sure I was a little, I was more bashing the craziness of Oladipo's high ranking at the beginning of the year for season long. Um, but he is turning things around and uh, is a legit daily option. So in terms of value, Victor Oladipo looks great to me because like Shannon said earlier this year, he had his best performance of the year against Houston, 49 and a half FanDuel points. Another guy that's facing a team where he previously had his best game, best fantasy game of the year is Devin Booker. We've kind of forgotten about him, but he's playing against the, the Lakers. Best game of the season earlier this year, 51 points. That was easily his best game of the year. I'll be perfectly content with an Oladipo and Booker stack at shooting guard because I'm going to save money. But here's the big conundrum for me. James Harden and Giannis are shooting guard eligible. And that means you're not going to go Giannis. You're not going to go Harden, even though I feel like I have a really good duo in Oladipo and Booker, Shannon. I'm, I'm actually with you. I went with Booker Oladipo as my, as my shooting guard pair. And, and it is tough to, to, you know, avoid Harden and, and Giannis, those are two of my favorite plays. They obviously are two of the more productive options at the position. But I was just looking into Harden, and he essentially one of his two or three worst games of the season came against OKC. He had 13 points, 7 rebounds, 13 assists, only 41 fantasy points. To me, it's just tough. I could see that repeating tonight, so I'm avoiding him, and, and I'm going expensive elsewhere. And because you have such great options, two guys who combined for 100 fantasy points, and you get them essentially for the for the cost of James Harden, uh, for you can plug yeah. those two in. Yeah. So that, it's just it comes down to options, and at shooting guard, you have the options tonight based on the matchups. Power forward um, is uh, a position that obviously is not going to be as stacked, and I've had some trouble at power forward so far this year. But it seems like Shannon and Ken, you guys both agree on a player that plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Love Dwight Powell because the rest of that team, like the Heat, are just ridiculously decimated. And $4,000 sure let you go all-stars at other positions. There it is. I mean, it, Dwight Powell is not even starting necessarily, but he's still the worth plugging there. I mean, The minute, yeah. He, Bogut's out. Nowitzki's out. Who else is out for those guys? I mean, it's a, it's a train. I mean, J.J. Berea is, but obviously he's not posting up anybody, but... Uh, They've got, you know, when you're given minutes to Dorian Finney-Smith, this team is a train wreck. This is a dumpster fire. That To me, though, like, why aren't they giving Powell young more minutes? He's one of the few yeah. future assets this team has. I think it's partially the games haven't been too competitive. I think he'll get, if, if, if it's a more competitive game tonight, I think he'll get more minutes. He... He's averaging about 28 minutes per game over the past three. Um, he's averaged about 26 fantasy points per game. So he's, he's near a point per minute. Um, 
I've got him. I've got him in for thirty fantasy points tonight, and at four thousand dollars, that's great. I mean, he's gonna get even on nights when he doesn't score a bunch because he's not the most prolific scorer. Um, he he can still get you a good amount of fantasy points because of rebounds, blocks, and steals. So I love him tonight at four thousand dollars. Speaking of Dallas, they're playing against Indiana, and Shannon, you like a center named Miles Turner, only fifty nine hundred dollars. Yeah, it was kind of tough for me to to narrow it down to Turner because DeMarcus Cousins is on a ridiculous roll right now. Um, he's pretty much a lock for between 55 and 65 fantasy points every night. I like his matchup against New York. They're one of the worst teams against opposing centers. But I can't pass up Turner tonight because he had such his monster season debut uh, against the, was against Dallas Mavericks, who he plays tonight. He had 60 fantasy points that game. I don't expect him to do that again. And, and Turner's been up and down. You know, he, he's only been hovering between 25 and 30 fantasy points on most nights. But can he get you 40 or 45 points against a weak Dallas team? And he's, yes, he can. And he's only 5,900. So if you, if you want to go cheaper at the center position, I think he's the answer tonight. Um, if not, I'm going, I'm going balls out and going to Marcus Cousin. All right, best of luck to all of you out there playing DFS this Friday and over the course of the weekend. We, of course, like we have been all season, we'll be back with you on Monday. Until then, Ken, why don't you get us out of here? My pleasure, gentlemen. We're going to go obscure Cleveland baller uh, from about seven, eight years ago. Remember Ricky Davis with the (laughs) awesome cornrows? I love to quote he had. Shortly after uh, playing a season or two when they when the Cavs got LeBron James in his first run with the Cavs, he said when they asked him about, uh, you know, his role with the team after they drafted James, he said, I thought LeBron James was just another guy brought in to help me score. (laughs) Only Ricky Davis could think that. Anyway, attention, passengers. This three car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.